Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Rosa Mendez, and I'm here at the number one Long Island broadcast, Monty Ferro. I have the best time ever. Hey, listen, Daddy. You're listening to the number one broadcast, Monty and Ferro, Daddy, in Long Island. The best pro wrestling broadcast of all time, I think. Jimmy, I got to tell you, man, it feels good to be back on YouTube. It was uh, quite disappointing what happened to us, but we bounced back pretty fairly quickly. Well, what else would we do? We're almost at 5,000 subscribers. Well, speaking of that, man, we need more members. Okay. What do you think we need to do to get the people of those 5,000 subscribers to come on and and join the team as a Monty Nefaro member? Nudity is out of the question. Any other ideas? (laughs) I don't know, man. I, I don't know. But what I, I do have a few ideas. Well, just like Prell, they should tell two friends, and they can tell two friends, and so on and so on. Hit the like, hit the subscribe. Check out all our content. But that's, you know what? That's why you're, you're the star of the show, because guess what? Members get special content. Even we spoke about it. Farrell came to me one day, and he goes, man, what's the deal? I can't even watch some of these videos because I'm not a member. And I said, there you go, Farrell. You got to be a member because this is what the members get. They get free content that none of the other fans that watch this show get. That's right. You get free autographs from some of these wonderful stars that come in, right? Nice. All you do is you go to the MNP webpage, right, our own page, and shoot us an email and say, hey, man, I want a picture of... Tommy Rich, I want a picture or whatever. And boy, that's on its way. We give them their choice. That's right. We rock. We do rock. You need to rock too. Join. All right, welcome to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Monty Farrow, only seen here out of indie music television. Straight out of Ron Conkham of Long Island. At the board is our favorite, most famous producer of all time, Jared Spidey. So famous. What's up, bud? What's up? Not much. What's new? What's been going on this week? Just been working, living my life. Living your life? Doing my How's thing. How's your girl doing, man? She's doing good. She's out in Connecticut. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Are you in love? Who knows? Who knows? 
Yo, Jared, Jared, you know, with all due I'm respect, too young. I'm we're too young that bullet, with all due respect, Rose. you're a really good-looking guy. I really got to get you on camera one time. They got to, they got to really get the fans have to see how good-looking Jared is. Like you should not be tied to one woman, Jared. I got to be honest what with you. What the hell, Mike? Are you getting worried <laughs> over there? This guy's yeah. ready to kiss you. What's we're live right now. Here? Dude, he's handsome, but if I looked like Jared, I would be pulling. Pulling crazy, Jared, you crazy are you are a women. civilized gentleman to behave the way you do. You could Thank be getting you. away with bloody murder, my friend. You could. You definitely <laughs> you, could. You, you could. So, Farrow, yeah. glad to see you this week. I'm very excited. I'm glad to see me this week. I'm very excited for this episode. Mm-hmm. We've got the um, podcast uh, hosts. Yes. Yes. From Dan and Benny in the ring. Very nice. Big, big fan of that show. I like the show. Which and is amazing. I, Which is I don't amazing. I watch nothing. I listen to nothing. But I listen to them. I do like them. I mean, I they can't wait good. for the people to meet these guys. They but um, I will tell you what turned me on to the show was I had seen them on another podcast. And again, mm. you know I watch different shows, yes, right? Yes, you do. See what kind of competition's sure. out there. But long story short, I had seen them on a show whatever. And... I had known their names because I think they were on that show for a little bit. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, I don't know, maybe I was on Podbean or something and it came up on a feed or something. And uh, they had a very like, just like, I don't know. Again, I'm not a wrestling expert. We all know this, right? Right. So there's a lot of people in the industry that are pretty famous, I guess. And I don't know, but they have these people on. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I got to listen to this nightmare. Right. So I put it on. I was like, what are they unbelievable and then from that point on hooked every episode friggin off the hook yeah nugget city so finally uh yep finally we got the opportunity to say hey guys we'd love you to come on the show so i'm excited to hear these guys best part of this though Mm -hmm. you're an expert you know what if wrestling keeps this up i'm not gonna be but you are but okay um okay benny is an expert yeah dan is an expert yeah uh, yeah. Me, not really. Oh, stop picking but, on yourself. You, but, know, you know plenty. But here's You've the forgotten fun, here's more the than fun some part people about it. Learn. Go ahead. Um, mm-hmm. I think all four of us couldn't be so different. So this could be a very okay. good conversation. All right. That's cool. And, uh, that works. I think there'll be a lot of disagreeing. So what? But but fun. That's right? the way it goes. That, I love yeah, that type of shit. That's fine. Uh, but before we get to our guests, I just want to remind everybody one week. From tomorrow. We get plastered. We get plastered. There's nothing better than interviews with us (laughs) when we're plastered. But we got Marty Gennetti. What's up, Mikey? I think at 5 o'clock or 5.30, I'd have to look at the schedule. Does Marty Marty still know? Marty still knows. (laughs) Rob just checking. Okay. Marty knows. Good. And then uh, we've got Val Venus and Eugene in here where Marty will be on the dais. And back to the Marty thing, it's Ask Marty Anything. So I'm setting up video calls where... You know, why, you know, our family members can yeah. call in, video cool. in. We don't very, take phone calls. Very cool. And you can have a one-on-one with Marty. That is that's And you, awesome. you could ask some questions. So, yeah. I mean, and, and, and no listen. question out of limits either, right? With Marty? No. How could there I don't be? think with anybody. I also love the fact Val Venus and Eugene, that's beautiful. That's, that's a, a, And that's, Marty will be here asking questions that, with us. That's great. Uh, Manny Fernandez oh, after that, nice. huge. Very huge. Very, very, very huge. And then we finish off with Wildfire Tommy Rich. Yep. And at that point, you and I will have drank how much, and Tommy's going to be like, break out the bowls, break out the wow. weed. I'm going to be destroyed. This is going to be great. All right, so um, these guys are coming in because they're part of 80s Fest. Okay. Um, and that's uh, 80s Con, I think it's 80s called. And that's run by a guy by the name of Tommy Fierro. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 
I don't feel good when you say that name. He sounds like you don't a like Tommy Fierro. ass looking motherfucker. <laughs> you don't even know Tommy Fierro. I don't. Do you? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think he isn't he like one of the th- the millions so, and millions that have said something bad about us. Hey, that that's not Tommy Fierro. Who the fuck Jared? is that? Who the hell? My bad. You, what did you just put up? That yeah, looked Chaz- like Chaz Bono. <laughs> You know what? There is a striking similarity. So though. the one thing about this guy Tommy Fierro, though, mm-hmm. is I hear he he's friends with Lagreca. <laughs> That's right? his problem. And he also claims that yeah. the WWE's big on him. Um, <laughs> is big on him. Another like guy. they're really they're really looking oh. for him to become a writer. Oh, of course, and, they and are. part of the you know oh. part of the organization. <laughs> Okay. And all I can think about is okay. you got to learn how to iron your shirt first yeah. before you're going to work for Could you imagine Vince hiring that guy? The guy doesn't even hire, like, iron his shirt. He looks like Roderick Strong did this week. <laughs> Fucking shave, asshole. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? You look like Vince Russo, except you might have gone to the gym a few more times. I, I don't even think you... Well, uh, uh, you know what? Whatever. Anyway, the guy's trying to do the right <laughs> thing and, uh, you know, have a nice little wrestling con. And uh, maybe with that money we can... Learn how to iron your clothes a little bit. Yeah, and comb your hair and not look so much like Chaz Bono. There you go. That's rough. So we got a little bit of heat on social media this week. Um, <laughs> Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Well, I made the okay. ultimate mistake, right? What? So you did you did you express your opinion? I expressed my idiot. opinion. Yes. Every time we try to express but, our opinion, but the re- we get in trouble. The reason behind it was because yeah. Jim Cornette on his on his podcast was mm-hmm. coming off the chic documentary okay went on you know said some unflattering things about eric sims i think he called him a greasy scumbag i don't know the exact Jim words Cornette called eric sims a greasy scumbag i don't know if those were the words okay, so i don't want to be phrasing. i'm paraphrasing you. okay that's fine. and then we all know what kevin nash has said about eric sims on what? a couple he unclicked this the, basically that eric you know is annoying and okay. like he always like you know, the, the, the event they're at is only about five minutes away, but Eric gets them up an hour and a half earlier. Right, so, right, right, right. You know, right. we went on social media. And, KFC. You know, I and you. I'll All just right. read it real quick and tell me if you agree with it or not. All right, go ahead. But uh, it says, recently some podcasts have been taking a hard line with Eric Sims. However, based on the online discussions and social media interactions, it appears that Eric Sims has mixed reputation among wrestling fans. Some fans appreciate his contributions to the independent wrestling scene, while others criticize him for his various reasons, such as his controversial behavior, his management style, and his involvement in certain incidents. It is important to note that the opinions of wrestling personalities, such as Jim Cornette or Kevin Nash, are highly subjective and vary widely depending on the individual preferences, experiences, and the perceptions. Ultimately, whether Eric Sims is liked or disliked by the wrestling fans is a matter of personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Our relationship with Mr. Sims has been nothing but a pleasant experience. Both Cornette and Nash have... Now, this is, this is us writing, and, you know, we are we... Okay. Okay. All right. Both Cornette and Nash. Was I sleeping while we were writing? Yes, you were. I'm just asking. By the way, give me credit. Pretty good writer, You did. By the way, this is the best I've ever heard you read. Keep going. You're on fire right now. Both Cornette and Nash have a blessed life. (laughs) One having the genetics to being over seven feet and make millions with limited athletic ability. Okay. The other who had a mother who serviced the boys on a daily basis so her boy could live his dream. Honestly, pro wrestling business needs Mr. Sims. So. Yeah. Well, I think this is, this is, if I can really quickly, this is a very interesting sentence here because I could see people totally 
jumping the wrong way with this. By the way, when you when she was servicing the boys, she was taking taking them on runs, yes. getting them food, right. doing things like that. Right. Where the fuck's their minds? Did they come after you? Or they something? came after saying, you know, how dare you say that mama, is not mommy, mommy corner? No, it wasn't. That is not what that meant. Thank you, boy. You're not even allowed to use a legal English word. They're just gonna but twist it. Here around. lies the problem of this whole thing. Whatever, man. So we go All to right. defense of Eric Sims, who we yeah. do business with on a regular basis, yeah. right? Yeah. We, we, yeah. We'd actually consider him a friend at some point, I yeah. would think, right? At some point, right. yeah. Right. So I go onto <laughs> Sims's page because people are going crazy over this thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Sims also oh, starts no. playing Switzerland. Well, I don't know what Monty and Afaro and Mike Monty meant by service. I asked him, but I didn't give him an answer. Instead of saying, fuck you, those are my boys, he don't say shit. Why not? Because he's a whiny little pussy. That's why. He's a pussy. Eric Sims, listen, dude, we like you, but you are nothing but a disloyal little dirtbag. Fair enough. He is, right? Yeah, fair enough. I agree with that, if that's the way this has gone down. While I was sleeping. Listen, we went out of our way to defend What's him. up with that? Because he, because Eric Sims yeah, is but about, who, Eric Sims is about time? himself. When was the last time anybody that has claimed to be our friend and done business with us ever fucking had our back? Never. Thank you. And Eric's not even one of them either. Well, welcome to the business. Doesn't mean I, I don't like Eric. Doesn't mean I don't like Eric, but Eric has proven himself to be a disloyal little bitch. He should he should have been defending. You've we've defending us. He's, yeah, well, I don't expect him to defend me. Quite honestly. Well, that's a whole other issue. That's right? a whole other issue. Eric he, won't even shake. He your doesn't hands. even say hello and shake my hand because after all, I'm only the fucking co-host of the show. Oh well, you remember something? He is the Jewish ninja. Yeah, he does know his really tight. So anyway, him. Eric disappointed me because again. Yeah. It's wartime, mm -hmm. right? The Ukraines right. are getting attacked. Right, right. Here comes hey, wait, wait, wait. the United wait, States. Wait. This ain't no Ukraine. I know, but no, I understand. This ain't no, you, no Ukraine. Using an example. No. Ukraines are getting attacked. Here come the United States to help yeah. them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we go in there, yeah. and the Ukraine goes, okay, well, we don't want to fight on behalf of you. Go right. ahead and do business. Right. How many times did we see this in the past with other people? <laughs> Welcome to pro wrestling. They go hide behind a rock, and then you guys deal with it. I want to thank the band that sings a theme song for Monte DeFaro and Jimmy Farrell, along with his partner, Bart Riggs. Make up the band with Stereo Hall. With Stereo Hall sings such great songs as In My Dream, This Life, Not Far Behind, Here Comes the Rain. You can find their music on the Wisteria Hall YouTube page. Very nice. Download their music on Spotify, Apple yes. Music, Reverb Nation, yes, or yes. where all all music is uh, We sold. are about to get going with the follow-up to Tales from the Woods. Very one. excited. We are Very about excited. To. And so, you know you what? Know. If you haven't heard Wisteria Hall play, by yeah. all means, go to the Wisteria Hall page or go on to Monty Nefaro, which I think Wisteria Hall was just here about a month and a half ago right. with one of the highest-viewed New York cable shows of the year, by the way. Wow. Yes. Very nice. And oh, by the way, our music is way better than any shit you'll see from uh, the future upcoming Junkyard Dog uh, train wreck. Are you trying to say you're no pig farm? I like pig farm. You leave them alone. Jared, I'm to, I'm Jared, to say, Jared to me said, <laughs> what did you say to me before Farrow oh, got here? Oh, no, you better not. Don't you pick on pig farm. <laughs> I Don't forgot you do who, it. We were, who we were talking about. Who were you talking but about? Oh, we, he was asking how the deal was going with our, a possible sponsor for the show. That's yeah. supposed to be a big money deal. Yeah. And it's we a, were discussing it, and oh, he said, no, do you think, what would you say, you think you ruined it with the pig farm episode? Oh, Jeff. <laughs> no, 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 no. We were talking about someone coming on the show. That oh, that's right. Rough. Uh, we then, said, is there a possibility 
a lot of people want to come on the show, right? We get a lot of requests. Right. Yeah. And I said it's really not a big deal to come on our show, right? Like we're we're pretty wide open. And said, I think Jared I said, said well, after you had Pig Farm, you opened the door for everybody. <laughs> we didn't jump the shark. We jumped the pterodactyl. I mean, what are what are, what are we saying here? <laughs> by, by the way, speaking of dinosaurs, Jared, please find out who the hell used the toilet because I feel like a brontosaurus took a dump in there. No, I'm serious. I, guys, I'm, star I'm sorry at home, okay? I, I, too much information. I understand. Dude, I am telling you, I could not believe what was on the, on the surface of that toilet. I was like, what the hell happened here? Kong! What the fuck? Kong. Who the fuck was here that left that? There ain't no ring around you the You know you are watching Long Island's number one pro wrestler oh, yeah, broadcast, Monty DeFaro. Catch us on YouTube, the Monty DeFaro YouTube page, the Monty DeFaro Facebook Live page. Here's on the High Heart Radio, Spotify, Anchor. Catch us on the Monty DeFaro Twitch TV page. And if you're lucky enough to live in New York, catch us on Channel 115 every Tuesday at 9 p.m. and every Saturday at 11.30 a.m. and Channel 20 on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. where you will catch the reduced... Consolidated, abbreviated, abbreviated episode where Action Monty and Faro meet Dan and Benny in the ring. So nice. this will be very excited. Yes. Yes. And I'm asking everybody out there, please download the free app, Intuitive, I-N-T-I-V-E, <laughs> Network. It's free. It's got documentaries. <laughs> and most importantly, it has Long Us. Island's number one pro Us. wrestling broadcast. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. I want to do a roll call first hey, before we get to up? our Who's guests. Out Who's out there? It's a little light tonight, man. What? Rick B., I haven't seen you in a while. Luce, how are what you? Whoa, it's Chris up? Lee. Get out of here. Holy shit, no Chris way. Lee's What's back. What's up, man? Chris, God bless, what man. We were worried about Where you. Where you been, bro? A mess. I, hey, I answered you on the page, dude. You have to go see Tessa Blanchard, my friend. What? It's a must. He's going. What? Tessa Blanchard's coming to his area. Oh, really? He was asking what we thought if he, she, he should go see Tessa. Hell's yeah! Hell's yeah! I'd go see and Tessa Blanchard. Questions? Get some information, man. John, how are you? Um, yeah. First lady in the house, we love you, Rick B. Thank you for being such a longtime member. God yeah, bless Rick, you. Share bear, rip Jerry Springer, real quick before oh, we get to our guest. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Share Bear. Forgot about what's that. What's up, Share Bear? Uh, what is up? Um, dude, Jerry Springer, bro. What do you think about that? Because uh, Jerry Springer... Okay, let me real quick say this. Jerry Springer was the first television show that enlightened me to the fact that people are trash. Really? Think about that show! You slap with my cousin, and then I slap with yours, and I'm going to beat you. I, I mean, what the... Dude, it was the worst trick I've ever seen. But it was so old. The craziest episode I ever saw was, was this, this guy. Was so he's like 50-something years old, right? <laughs> yeah. And he's on there, and he's talking about how yeah. he uh, goes to hotels and does some stuff. <laughs> As I said, this was the show where I learned that the human race was trash. <laughs> there you go. Wow. And then Maury Povich showed up. More trash. We'll be back with our guests. We're very excited to have... The two co-hosts are a host of Dan and Barry in the Ring. Dan and Benny. We'll see you in a second. Did I say Dan and Barry? Yeah, Ben and Jerry, Dan and Barry. I don't know what's going on here. Dan and Benny in a moment. They rule. Stay tuned. Jimmy, I got to take a dump. What? No. I mean, I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental. Long Island, New York, 631-900-DUMP.
Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. B-E-N-B-U-I-E 34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Tell him Wolfie sent you. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. M&J Video Games and Collectibles. Sport and non-sport cards, wrestling items, autographed items. We buy, sell, and trade. M&J Video Games and Collectibles located at 1049. Queen Street, Southington, Connecticut. Call us at 1-860-479-9223 or 860-93-GAMES. M&J, video games and collectibles. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV. And from the other side of the world, our honor... Dan and Benny in the ring. That's the Long Island sign. <laughs> hey, guys. What up, guys? What up? Thanks for joining us. So first, I want to say welcome to the dark side. You probably have lost <laughs> half your friendship from That's appearing it. on this show. You've done it. You hey, like Black Sabbath. You guys this is the heel it. turn, right? This is it. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Well done, though, guys. Appreciate it. Why don't you do us all a favor and tell us all about your wonderful, sparkling show that even the Pharaoh fucking likes. Tell everybody about yourself, guys. Who goes first? Ah, Benny. Go ahead. You wondering how we started, maybe? Sure. Be interesting. Okay. Be lively. And uh, Dan's going to have to fill in the blanks with this one, but I started listening to uh, a show. That's me with my Monty and the Pharaoh t-shirt. Oh. Um, started listening to this podcast called Wrestling with the Future. And I listened to a few episodes, and then all of a sudden, um, I hear from the host that they need a, a new co-host. And I thought, well, you know, it's maybe something I could try. I had never done it before, but uh, spoke to the guy on the phone for about an hour. And he says, you're, you're in. And then uh, I guess he, he uh, actually cleared me with uh, Sal Corrente, who was your guest a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, then a couple of days later, I was out. And he said, we, we got somebody else, and his name is Dan Sebastiano. I said, okay. And I listened to him, and I thought, wow, this guy's <laughs> pretty polished. And it was a good choice, you know, on Angelo's part. Um, and um, as, as uh, fate would have it, though, uh, I became a guest, a semi-regular on the show after that. And a uh, uh, little bit after that, Dan and I decided to go our own way, and uh, the rest is history. But I'll... I'll let Dan explain why he need Angelo needed the new uh, co-host. That's you know it's actually funny. I I remember a couple of years back when Angelo told me that there was others he was talking to. I never knew that was you that I got the job from. Oh That's yeah, funny. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I but I I did the honors. <laughs> wow. You wow. Look at, looking up at the lights already. Wow, Benny Dan just ripped your guts out and took your spot that's rough boy 
It was so weird though. Like I'm, I'm now I'm listening to this guy. I mean, I was scared shitless because I had never done anything like before, that like that before. I'd never been on a podcast, and I'm listening. I said, "Man, this Dan guy is p- pretty polished. Good choice, you know." And then uh, I, I, a few weeks later, I did get invited on the show because of my writing, and uh, then, then I became a semi regular. And then I got kicked off a couple of times because we had a, a clash of uh, philosophies, maybe you might want to say. And then after a while, we decided we'd do it on our own, kind of like the Jefferson spinning off from All in the Family. Okay. Well, Dan, like, uh, let me ask you: Did you <laughs> did you feel like did you ever think about doing podcasts? Like, how do you get involved in it? No, it, I I hadn't actually. Um, when Wrestling with the Future started, you guys know Angelo. He had started oh. with a friend of mine. Mo- <laughs> I have exactly. no idea who you're talking <laughs> about. But with ahead. with a friend of mine named uh, uh, Jeff Robinson. Jeff the Ref, we called him. He was a, a referee here in the Mid Atlantic area, um, and then he had retired and started doing security for Virginia Championship Wrestling. I guess Vanguard Championship Wrestling at the time, the local uh, promotion here in in Virginia, and. Uh, unfortunately, Jeff passed away, and he was the co-host of the show. Angelo had posted something on Jeff's page that he was looking for, um, you know, just kind of a filler while they while they figured out what to do next. Because Jeff had the roundtable show that he did, the refs roundtable they called it. And I reached out to Angelo and said, you know, hey, for the sake of one Jeff's memory, but two, I mean, half of what I would do at the VCW shows was just talk to Jeff about wrestling and history and various things. And so next thing I know, Angela's like, yeah, that sounds great. Not only do you seem to know your stuff, but you know, you have that personal connection to why we're trying to do this. And one thing led to another. I, I did the show with, with Angela wrestling with the future for a couple of years. And then like Benny said, we slowly tr- started transitioning away um, from wrestling for, obvious reasons the the quality of the product was not as good then as it as it was or or had been and a lot of the older talent we talked to everybody was i don't watch today's stuff blah 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 so uh angelo kind of wanted to spin the show uh, off of wrestling and while i had fun with some of those episodes talking to actors and and writers and artists and other things benny and i had started talking about really enjoying the wrestling side of it and one thing led to another. We talked to Angelo. We got our kind of mutual parting, and we spun off. And it's been what a couple of years now. We've been doing Dan and Benny in the ring. Best, best two and a half almost. Yeah. Best thing you guys mm-hmm. ever did. Absolutely. It's so, so much better. You guys must be thrilled compared to what you know where it was. I think so. That's me speaking, though. So yeah. I think his lawyers are still trying to sue us, but <laughs> what? so well, you know, all all jokes so that's aside, what though, happened I know... to his teeth? Very good. Okay. All, <laughs> go ahead. All jokes aside, though, there aren't, you know, I would hope there's no hard feelings. He actually reached out to us not that long ago. Or, uh, congratulations on the 100th episode. We had a big two-hour special with uh, <laughs> with Ken Patera. Um, nice. and, and, you know, we had done, oh, look at that, Benny. Look at that guy. That's that's some guns there. Come on. That is. That's some <laughs> guns. Who is that? And we had, uh, so, so just to be clear, that, wow. that, that picture that just came nice. up, that's the guy that lost his job to a guy holding a cat of a second ago. <laughs> well, so. You know, so, but, Dan, you kind of you go over that, that conversation. So you talk to this guy, Angelo, and he's like, you really know what you're doing. I'd like you to be part of the show. Does he turn around to you and say, but there's this other guy I promised to position. Like, wh- how, what was that conversation like? No, I mean, honestly, it's been a few years, but he, he mentioned that he had talked to other people and I mean, it's 
uh, to me, I didn't think of it any differently than any other job I'd applied for through the years where it's like, you know, you're not, clearly not the only one in the running, but we picked you. And I never thought about whether or not he had promised it to somebody else or, or how far along the conversations with other people had gotten. Was it like this though? Like, you know, you finally got that, that job. You're like, holy cow, I'm going to be co-host of this show. And then you do a couple of them and you're like, what the f- <laughs> No, no, not, not at all. I mean, I, the, that's great. Not, not at all. Not at all. I, like I said, I was excited because, I mean, I enjoyed a lot of what they had done. Um, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, like I said, I was friends with Jeff. And, yeah, there was definitely the reason Benny and I left was because we had kind of transitioned away from wrestling. And I am I always played the, the straight man. Uh, you know, I was the, for for lack of a better description, it, it, you think Mulder and Scully, I was the Scully. I was the, the mm. facts. I was the, mm. uh, the non-believer. So when we would want to talk to, you know, Bigfoot experts and psychics and things like that, I ended up conspiracy theorists. I was always the, the what if or the straight man. And that, that doesn't really play very well in, if you're trying to get a message across when one of the, you know, you're interviewing a guy who is selling a book or something. And one of the hosts clearly has, I don't want to say no interest, but you know he doesn't doesn't believe what this guy's saying or doesn't agree with it. It doesn't really play off very well. Versus the history interviews, where you know Benny and I talk to whoever we're talking to. You know, I mentioned the Ken Patera episode, and Benny and I, you can clearly tell during the conversation we're enjoying the story, uh, we're learning, and that's something too that we we wanted to do specifically is is our style. When, when Benny and I sat down to, to create the show was we didn't want a straight interview. We wanted something that sounds like three guys just sitting at a Hooters having a conversation about the good old days. And, and a lot of it comes, you know, that way people tend to open up more. They, they tend to use, I mean, in Ken Patera's case, they tend to use a little more language than we expected, but mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 you can't get that in a more structured interview either. Well, Benny, answer me this one. You guys really don't know each other. You're leaving this show. How did you guys know? Like, with me and Jimmy, we've known each other a long time, and we kind of, it's just natural. You guys are two people that really didn't know each other. How did you know it was going to mesh? Because, again, your show is, is different, and it's every week is a great listen. And um, how did you know this was going to work out? Well, I mean, really didn't. I just kind of had to, you know, start it and see where it, where it led. But um, we, we found as we started doing the episodes that we really meshed. Um, we have a good style. We're both, you know, we're both kind of laid back people. We both have the passion for wrestling. And, uh, you know, it just, it evolved. And after about maybe 10, 15 episode, episodes, I thought, wow, this is pretty good. I just, you know, we, we're fine-tuning it as we go. You must be very proud now. You've hit 100 episodes. Any thoughts on the fact we're that it's We're at 122, I think, was yeah. uh, was last week. Any, was, any uh, thoughts? Did you ever think it would get, get this far? No. I, I didn't. I, you know, I mean, and Dan always says the average uh, sports entertainment podcast is three episodes. I think we've done okay. I think you've done fantastic. I mean, you look at, at any number of shows – and, and like I said, any anything under the Apple, Google, they track the sports and entertainment stuff. And yeah, the, the average listen is three. So when we went into it, it's like, hey, if it if it 
if it picks up great i mean we we didn't go into it with planning to dethrone Cornette or anybody you know be be the biggest and the best we were gonna you know two two guys like i said a couple of microphones and a laptop we'll see where it goes and i mean you know here we are two and a half years later still having fun so but like here, here's the thing, right, Dan? You're a younger guy, right? Benny's a bit older. We're kind of ancient. We're in the middle, <laughs> but we're not in the middle. I'm, we're I'm on the ancient. other side. Yeah. Um, you guys have to have differences of opinions, especially when it comes down to wrestling, right? Feel free to speak, guys. I don't want to step on anybody. Like, I, I should have raised my hand. Can I yeah. speak? Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't feel like that's ever been an issue. And, okay. I mean, quite honestly, I mean, Dan's an old-school wrestling fan. So am I. Right. And we, we, you know, we don't like the, a lot of the newer stuff. So it really hasn't been an issue. Okay. How do you both feel about yeah, I mean, Vince McMahon? I, because that always seems to be the thing that divides the old school fans. Well, I, I want to <laughs> add in here. Hold on. Yeah. One of my major problems yeah. with Dan and Benny okay. is they go out of their way okay. to put down our, our mentor, what? our icon, what? Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Oh, all right. So well, to add on to Farrow's question, that's fine. Whatever. How could either one of you be down on Vince McMahon, <laughs> considering what he's done for the industry that matter. both of you love so much? Any, can, any, can I start? What's well, the same? at all, or just fuck him? Is that basically it? <laughs> the 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 same way that somebody who builds computers for fun can dislike bill gates or the, the opinion people have of elon musk nowadays benny and i give i mean just the history side that we cover we give credit where credit is due mm -hmm. with some of the promotions i mean uh we how many times a, a a month do we mention like bruno or some of the talent that worked for vince senior and vince jr brought back we've talked about some of the success in in the time periods um i mean so it's not a blanket f that guy forget him okay. uh but there's also the there is a clear point you can look at wrestling over the last 20 20 ish years where you can see the modern Vince McMahon shining through and that current product with the the lack of stars the ridiculous storylines and characters and gimmicks and some of the decisions you see and you can clearly tell that that was that was a hundred percent vince and the stories coming out about the raw script getting rewritten at 7 55 p.m for a show that mm -hmm. starts at eight they still don't know what the main event's going to be well, he like, was doing that even you know, in the that, good days like the days that you would probably be more fond of this has always been his mo He's always worked like that. He's always gone on whims, and he's always changed shit. He's always been like this. Whether it was Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, or all the way through to Stone Cold and, Stone, and everybody. This is Vince. You can't be that True, surprised but, anymore. No, but if you if you listen, I mean, you mentioned Cornette before you brought us on. You listen mm -hmm. to people, uh, Cornette, Jim Ross, and some of the talent that he worked with back then. It's... There, there's a there's a period where yes, Vince was Vince. He's always been Vince, but he had a chunk of time where he had voices in his ears that he listened to that kept certain things. I don't want to say at bay, but they they definitely kept certain forces away. And when he was a hundred percent him with a hundred percent control, and he only had 
one or two yes men instead of people that were willing to put their foot down and be like, Vince, that's a bad idea. Or I think, you know, that doesn't work for me, brother. However you want to want to word it. Yeah. You, you start having the current product. I mean, you know, well, hold, uh, hold, hold on. Go ahead. Benny, Benny weigh in. And then I I've got something to say. Go ahead, Benny. Okay. Well, you, you, your remark was that he made it better, but did he like, for me, he didn't make it better. And that's my problem with Vince McMahon because you know, before he bought the company from his father, there were 30 territories around the country employing probably about 3,000 wrestlers, all who made a gainful, you know, a gainful living wrestling full time. Mm. And that is now maybe a couple of hundred wrestlers. And as a, from a fan's perspective, uh, I'll use Florida for an example because I'm here. But the, the loop in Florida was, I believe, Orlando on, on Sunday, um, uh, West Palm on Monday, Tampa Tuesday, um, let's see, in Miami Wednesday and Jacksonville Thursday, and they, they ran spot shows on uh, Friday and Saturday. So if, if I'm a, a, a fan of living in Florida, a wrestling fan, in 1981, I can, and I'm living in Tampa, I can go to, I can see wrestling at least 52 times a year. If I want to get in my car and drive an hour to Orlando, um, you know, then I can see it 104 times a year. And the spot shows might be, might be local. So now living in Tampa, I live about uh, uh, half an hour from, uh, is it Amelie, where they would show it. They might come here twice a year. So how am I better off as a fan? Something I could have seen a hundred times I, and it was very affordable, by the way. Right. You know, you, you might pay seven bucks for a ringside ticket at uh, the Homer Hesterly in Tampa mm-hmm. to watch to watch wrestling on a Tuesday night. Now you want to buy a ticket to, to Raw, you're paying 75, 80 bucks. So, right. I, I mean, Vince McMahon made wrestling better for him. He made it bigger. But did he make it better for the but fans? He it, but he did it, and did he well, make it better for the wrestlers? It, yeah. ma- it, it wonder. Well, it, it matters what your approach is, right? Well, when he says 30 territories back in the day, you know what I think of? What? And I'm just being very honest because, and this is the truth, we've had enough guests on who've confirmed this. Mm-hmm. Back in those days, we had 30 territories, 30 little Vince McMahons screwing over all the wrestlers anyway. Every goddamn territory. They weren't all like, oh, are you hurt? Let me get you medical. Give me a break, guys. Come on. Some were better than others, though. Some, some might had reputations. Some, but some but were none good. of them were a picnic. The whole, none of them. The point you know, here is, what I've heard. look, this country is a capitalist country, right? Yeah. Vince yeah. McMahon ate the competition. Yes, he did. So now, Benny, instead of spending $18 a week, you could save that up and you could spend your $150 a, a month, and a I'm year. I'm not saying that's better, by the way. I think uh, Vince McMahon made wrestling is, I mean, bigger. But you, you, you know, they were wrestling better? at a that's smaller objective. venue, and I, I got to believe that those wrestlers, if you're, you know, if you're like say Memphis, another example where they wrestled mm. at the Mid South Coliseum every Monday night, you got to know that Jimmy Vang and, and Jerry Lawler and Dundee, they saw the same people in those first two rows every. Yeah, there was a bonding there between the fans and the wrestlers, and you don't have that anymore. It's just so impersonal. They're New so, Jack, they're New so Jack, okay. New Jack was thrilled on, with the way Jar- uh, Jared and Lawler Dan, treated him. Dan, Not. I'm going to throw this at you now. So you heard what Benny okay. said. It's less impersonal. So is the real problem is that there, you, the wrestling fan, have lost your own little Idaho, and now you're upset that the entire world has found out the secret about the wonderful world of wrestling. It's gotten kind of big. I, I definitely, I mean, who re, you remember the famous speech when he talked about 
sports entertainment where he he had to admit that wrestling was a scripted entertainment so we wouldn't have to pay the the sports fees if they because they if they considered it a competition he saved a lot of money not having to pay certain sports authorities if we said hey this is the same thing as putting on theater so i mean he had to peel back the curtain to save money something that, that yeah. other promoters wouldn't have done but um I, I don't think it's the island i will say not to sound you know butterfly what do they call that the uh, butterfly effect like ripple effect but the the current style of wrestling that benny and i both are adamant not fans of the the 10,000 super kicks the triple power bomb off the top rope through a table that's not the finish the the style that started in the indies uh, mm-hmm. was originally that was the anti Vince style these these guys didn't want to wrestle the the Vince style because they had to do their own thing right. and now that's become what everybody who's not a Vince guy is expected to do because you hear that they talk about we're gonna hire somebody off the street and then we put him through uh, NXT the the training school and we teach him the WWE style and anywhere else you go it's not the WWE style so I mean Vince's death grip on the business ended up hurting the product overall in ways that it wouldn't have if it had stayed territory so no it's I'm not angry I don't have my island I'm not mad that that you know kayfabe is dead even though i think both of those are largely his fault i don't like the fact that the product as a whole i i personally feel is worse than it used to be and that all stems from the control and decisions he had because of that control it a lot of it boils down to him it's a good comment That's fair. it's, it's That's very fair. intelligent he's in, comment he's entitled to feel that way that makes sense to but me. but i will that ask you this being that you've gotten older, both Dan and Benny both in, answer individually. Think about your favorite favorite matches are, are from the old school days, right? Mm. I know, Dan, you're an NWA guy. Mm. I think, Benny, you're more of a Northeastern guy. I could be wrong. Yeah, WWE. But if you ever sit back and watch those old matches, which, by the way, I tell Farrow all the time, I loved, I went live to the Garden every month. He thinks they're terrible. I want to throw up in my mouth when I watch those matches. He has a hard time watching the old matches. They're awful. He thinks they're awful. So I ask you, give me a match that is true, dear to your heart, and tell me the last time you watched it, and why is it true to your heart? Hmm. Go ahead, Ben. Um, maybe uh, Br- I-, I watched Bruno and Zabisco. Actually, I-, I watched Bruno and Zabisco, the actual feud, because oh, that that so really great. got me. Uh, oh. You know, in 1980, yeah. Bruno was the tail end of his career. Actually, Bruno was gone. He yep. came back just yep. to fight Larry. And I mean, I was totally emotionally invested in that. Now, was the and Mike? We've talked about this offline, and I agree with you. It, it wasn't. It really wasn't the wrestling per se, although I would have to say the wrestling, the, the, the appeal to the wrestling was that it, it, it looked real, but it, it was more ha- the emotion that, that I don't have anymore. It was, it, it, and it, that goes with, with any of the matches. It, it, you remember how you felt at the time, how invested you were in, in the wrestler or the match. I think it was much more that than the actual wrestling match itself. Does that make sense? Sure. Absolutely. Dan? Yeah, I I completely agree with what he's saying. And actually, it's funny. um, We were talking recently about old shows and some of the early, going back to Vince, some of the early WWF pay-per-views that, that, you know, when you hear about, like, uh, 
Savage Steamboat WrestleMania three. Some of the matches that are considered the greater great matches of the time, I think, still hold up. But when I look at what I grew up watching with the Rock and Roll in the Midnight and Steamboat Flair, even and I'll admit I had a, a soft spot for some of the people like like say Ronnie Garvin who a lot of his work didn't hold up as well as it should have. Um, but can I, can I just stop you there? I have a question for you. So, and Pharaoh knows this, and I say this respectfully, the wrestling fan or the expert will always pull the steamboat flare matches out. How can any of those three matches be considered great when literally they drew 3,000, 4,000, and 5,000 fans. Dan? Well, I think, it, I think it has to go with the with the nature. I mean, between the business and the times. I mean, I look at some of the matches that I've seen live. Some of the, I mean, you know, anybody that's ever been to an indie show, uh, a, a modern indie show. I, I go here in Virginia, we have a, a really good indie crowd you go to a armory 500 people and you get more emotion and more investment and more entertainment than when i went to the coliseum for raw and there was twenty thousand people in the building it's i think to say that a match wasn't good just because the crowd was small ignores the quality of the match i mean look at the the empty arena era wwe had during COVID, they were literally performing in front of no one, and there was still some quality television. Farrell? I'm thinking about McIntyre's reign during the uh, COVID. Didn't really help him much. Well, what's your end. opinion about Flair's steamboat? I'm asking oh, you. I, I tend to lean towards that it was, it was they were great matches, but they didn't grab or captivate the imagination the way Hogan Andre did. That's the way it goes. It doesn't mean that it's any less of a great match. They were great matches. But I when you consider matches. the great matches of all time, yeah. you, you heard what Dan said, you heard what Benny said. It does said. not have to be a billion people but, but, there. But listen to what I'm that. saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them mentioned Hogan Andre. That's the greatest Which both spectacle. you and I if, consider the greatest, the greatest match of all time. Greatest spectacle. If, if I may, go ahead. Um, to me. Even, even as a purist of talent, Mm-hmm. Uh, from a purely emotional standpoint as a fan, Hogan slamming Andre is oh. still the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest moment in wrestling history. There it is. Very good. Uh, there as, it far is. As, just, as far as just the crowd reaction. Now, that match, if you go back and watch it in, in, a, in a vacuum, mm-hmm. it wasn't a very good match. You could yeah, tell but, Andre was immobile, and Hogan's right. American style was never going to carry the day. But... But the fans Who were cares? all over I it. Mean, right, Flair, they were all over it. Flair Garvin in the cage at Starcade was a terrible cage match, mm-hmm. but Flair was going to get that belt back, and that's all that mattered. It was the right. emotion of, of the story. Right. Um, you know, you look at, you mentioned, I heard, I heard you mention Drew McIntyre earlier. Him beating Lesnar, that was an emotional moment. He finally got his due after, what, 15 years of yep. being, having to claw his way through the company that treated him like garbage. Mm-hmm. There was no no crowd, and it was still an emotional moment. But no, I, I I think you can have emotion and storytelling, and good wrestling, and they sometimes be mutually exclusive. Does Vince McMahon get even a slight tip of that lovely cap you're wearing? Uh, the <laughs> fact that McIntyre had to go. Yes, it's true. He wasn't getting over enough, and he wasn't being pushed. Whatever you want to say, it was. 
McIntyre went off to the Indies. Does Vince get a little tip of the cap to go, you know what? Uh, oh, yeah, you like, like I said me, at the beginning. You kicked some ass, you showed me, and now I'm going to take care of you. I mean, he did. Oh, yeah, like, like I said. I'm sorry, I mean to cut you off, but like I said at the beginning, we, you know, even on our show, we credit where credit is due. He definitely right. does. I mean, you, you you're not a billion dollar company in in an era when wrestling was thirty territory competitive yeah. without some kind of talent. It's just that that you know wrestling can also be a what have you done for me lately kind of story. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I can credit him with Hogan and Savage and Andre and. Uh, you know, taking a chance on the warrior and some of the stuff that he did that whether it played off or not, I mean, who would have, who would have thought putting the intercontinental title on Santino would have turned to out to be as popular a storyline as it was. This you got to be able to see, you got to be able to see that, but that doesn't change the current old, what, however Vince is now and the product that he put out and you saw it when he stepped away and the quality changed under Triple H. The, there was a noticeable change in quality, and then Vince comes back, and all there of a sudden, a the Raw after Mania was a terrible show, and it was clearly a Vince Raw again. Like, are you guys you, currently you, you, watching you any of this product? Because I, I know you guys both obviously must enjoy storylines. Benny, have you watched the Bloodline storyline? The Bloodline. What story I'll do, I, I, I told Mike this offline. What. I, I won't watch a Raw or a SmackDown, but what I'll do is when I'm on YouTube, and I'll, I'll if I see a, a clip from Raw or SmackDown, I will watch it okay. just to kind of you know get the Reader's Digest version of it. Okay, how about you, Dan? Do you watch the whole? Have you sat and given a whole episode a shot, or is it just ah, screw this already? <laughs> no, no, I, I definitely still keep up with the modern product. I will admit for SmackDown because of my. Friday night schedule. I'll watch it Saturday morning. Uh, mm-hmm. the the stream version, which is ninety minutes with the commercials cut. So if they, I can't tell if there's a an angle that that I'm missing. Right. Um, right. I do remember uh, watching a, a ninety minute stream after the fact, and they had cut the debut of Stardust. And I remember somebody asking my opinion on that, and I had no idea who they were talking about, so I had to go back and watch the actual show. Uh, fucking um, Hulu. But no, as far as Raw <laughs> and and Dynamite, I do watch. The, I do watch the whole. Well, in Raw's case, I'll fast forward through the commercials, but I do all watch right. the whole thing. Do you think that AEW is all that the way they make it out? Like you know, or what do you think of AEW? Because it sounds like you don't like spot fests and calisthenics and uh, flip flops either. AEW is a great example of entertainment and story versus some of the stuff I do and don't like. Like the feud last year between Punk and MJF with the the dog collar match and the promos. It was phenomenal as far as gripping, entertaining, uh, great stuff. And then the opening match of a pay-per-view is the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. And there was, at one point, my buddy and I watched, I think it was their cage match, and it was 151 super kicks mm-hmm. during the course of the match between the, the four guys. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, 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 you know, I'm watching boots made, made of thumbtacks and flaming tables not be the finish. That I'm not a fan of. Um, but that doesn't mean the entire product is garbage. When someone says, I don't like John Cena, so WWE sucks, that's just ignorant and stupid it's the same thing you you can enjoy a product without liking maybe one or two people on it the blood you said the bloodline storyline i thought the bloodline storyline was was great but that doesn't mean every second of smackdown the last two years has been top notch Mm. of course not 
I want to bring it back to your show. Um, you've had so many, so many guests and really good guests. Benny, who was your favorite interview? Uh, <laughs> I'd have to say Kent Patera. Although uh, we had a gentleman named Keith Elliott Greenberg, an author, a couple of weeks ago, and he was phenomenal. But as far as like entertainment, I mean, the reason why I say Kent Patera is, I mean, I grew up watching Kent Patera. Now all of a sudden I'm interviewing the guy. It was surreal. I had to pinch myself. But he was very, very funny. The man has no filter. And he had some great stories. How about you, Dan? What was your favorite interview? Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of cheating. Uh, one of our early episodes uh, first d during the first couple was an interview we did with a gentleman named George Pontus, who's a dear friend of mine. He was a, a filmographer who recorded a lot of the early NWA stuff that's so like um, Flair versus Rogers, for example, or a lot of the uh, the someone sitting at ringside with a camera recording uh, Steamboat and Flair and, and anything in the seventies, eighties, that was him. And I just, the, the history beside behind it, because I've seen a lot of his footage before it went to the network and became mainstream. So he, hearing the story of the little kid who basically begged and pleaded to sit at ringside and 40 years later, he's still at ringside recording stuff and, and he's act, still active in the business today. Uh, I, I loved that story, and that episode actually was our first to uh, really exceed big numbers. I mean, it was in the download numbers in the hundreds pretty quickly, and that kind of gave us – that was the moment Benny and I realized, like, hey, we might be on to something here. It's not just two guys with a couple of microphones. Like, we actually have a fan base, and things just kind of went from there. So it's got a soft spot in my heart, that, that show. Love it. Love it. So, Dan, you open up your shows uh, with the same question, right? You say we like to ask the question to your fans. What do, what do you say to you? What do you say to the uh, the person you're interviewing? Can you share that with the fans here? Yeah, every every interview we start, we say it's because it's like a snowflake. Every answer is different. Uh, we always start with a two part question of when did you get when did you become a fan of wrestling? And depending on their position, when did you decide to make wrestling a profession? Like, when did you decide to become a wrestler or a referee or write about it or whatever? And we, we love starting with that question because, like I said, some of the answers are so different. Everything from uh, – you talked about the crowd earlier. My, you know, How many times, Benny, have we had somebody whose their, their story starts with my grandfather or my grandmother used to take me to the wrestling shows? and. Right. Sometimes it's people who, oh, I, I didn't like wrestling and a friend of mine dragged me along and next thing I know I'm hooked. So it's, it's just fun to hear the stories because they're so different and it really sets the tone for the kind of person you're listening to because you, so, you know, you, you're talking to somebody who's in their 70s or, or, or older that, oh, I've been watching wrestling since I was you know a kid. These are these are, you know, 1950s. They're sitting in front of a television, and now we're hearing their story today. So, so I want I want to follow suit with you, right? Because you know how much I enjoy your show. So I'm going to ask you one of the questions I ask a lot <laughs> of our guests, right? Yeah. yeah. So one of Pharaoh's and my favorite movie is The Wrestler. Would you feel The Wrestler would have been as successful as it was? 
if Evan Ginsberg wasn't the executive associate <laughs> producer of that movie. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Good. What are you talking? It was surreal. I was suddenly playing myself. What did Booker T say? Tell me you didn't just say that. Uh, no, we just we just said that. Your thoughts? Oh, a- oh man. Absolutely, absolutely not. It, it would have been a forgotten relic uh, on the on the cutting room floor of the la- of a film festival in Idaho. Wow! <laughs> now that was a great answer. Wow, there's a lot of hot butter on that popcorn. I just <laughs> you bought. ain't kidding. Oh man! Holy it's holy listen. lather! Oy. Anyway, wow! Oy. My God! Uh, Especially wow. with the follow up, the sequel, The Empire Stinks Up. <laughs> What was that, 372 hours? What, what was that thing called? <laughs> anyway, that was horrendous. Hey, but, uh, anyway, so, I like the answer, though. Look, Good answer. Good answer. Here we go. Roman Reigns. Oh, I want you both to answer. Acknowledge him. It, is Roman Reigns in the top five greatest do wrestlers now they're not gonna in pro wrestling history? They're not going to acknowledge him now. Why did you phrase it that way? <laughs> oh, for God. Go ahead, Benny. Go ahead, Benny. Pro Ooh. wrestling history? I mean, history he's clearly the history. Let him, let him have it, Benny. Go ahead. <laughs> no, well, but before you answer that, Benny, hold on. Make the he's case. drawn the most the money in the history of make any the, champion. The I don't care about that times of change and uh, you know recessions and inflation. Yeah, yeah. He has drawn the most money in yep. his short time as heavyweight champion. Than any champion. This is the fifth longest reign in the history of the 60 years of Understood. the company. Understood. This is the fifth longest Now, guys, reign. go ahead and, and retort. That's really a tough one. I mean, the guy is incredible. The guy is definitely, he's clearly the, 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 okay. the best in the sport at the moment. And he's Tells been for you. a while. And he has drawn the most money. It's kind of hard to argue against that. Um, you know, but, for example, last year, and I, I'm, I use wrestle, uh, wrestlingdata.com. When I uh, for research for my stories, and according to that, he wrestled forty-seven times last year. Mm-hmm. Now, on, on an average year, Bruno wrestled two hundred and seventy-five times. So, how do you, you know, how do you lump somebody with these guys who wrestle three hundred times a year when he wrestled, you know, he's wrestling once a week? Well, to me, that means numerically that Vince McMahon Senior was a slave driver and Junior took it e- takes it easy on the guys. Well, they, I mean, they all they all did, regardless of the territory. Everybody was wrestling. I'm sorry, yeah. Betty. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm saying it's not just Vince Sr. Because regardless of any territory, you wrestled every every night of the week. That's what I much. meant earlier by all those territories. Listen, I love the old territories days, bro. I loved it. But to me, there was 30 different territories with 30 different mini Vince McMahons and getting what they can out of the workers and working the shit out of them. You know, I, I feel today. You know, maybe in, in, in nailed it two right more there. years, he's still a champion. Absolutely. Oh, it's crazy what's going Dan, on. Dan, what are your crazy. thoughts? Well, I think it's important to know that the wrestling, like you said, the 30 territories, the wrestling business is different now than it, it was. I mean, sure, between sure. The, the USA deal, the Fox deal, Peacock, the, mm. the WWE it gets, has something like $600 million a year in revenue before Crazy. they sell a single ticket or T-shirt. Crazy. Crazy. And, you know, Roman Reigns is the perfect champion for that. He doesn't have to wrestle every week. It. it it's nice to have a champion that feels like an attraction again, because 
he does take swaths of time off. And I, yes. I mean that as a compliment to him that, you know, his matches feel like a big deal. Yes. Um, yes. They at, feel like a heavyweight as, fight. Absolutely. It, yes. As, as far as best ever, I mean, he's definitely, he's the best pro, uh, product today, like at, across wrestling period, as far as draw, as far as emotion, as far as what he brings to what he's doing. Um, and I don't think, and I also, it goes to Benny and I have talked a lot about managers, the importance of managers. I don't think Roman is nearly as successful without Paul Heyman or the that. mouthpiece. I agree. So, you know, I mean, I think he's exactly what he needs. As far as best ever, he's the best of this era, but that's like people that want to compare Tom Brady and Joe Montana or, right. you know, current current a current pitcher with like you know nolan ryan or or somebody of that you know the older era yeah. uh sandy koufax where sure. it's it, it, it's hard to compare others he's mm-hmm. definitely top 10 as far as what he brings to the sport um but th- there's guys that that like Bruno could, you could blindfold Bruno and break three of his knuckles and he would wrestle Roman into a pretzel in about two minutes. Um, you know, so uh, as far as, as his in-ring thing, I I, I will say, criti- uh, as far as a compliment of a criticism, Roman really only has about seven or eight things that he does each match, but he, he brings more to a small move set than someone like a Kevin Nash or, or a late era Hulk Hogan ever ever did. Mm-hmm. Very good. I have to add one thing up. I can. Yeah. Ro- Roman Reigns cheats. Bruno never cheated. So when the referee's back was turned, Dominic Danucci never slapped Taratanaka in the face with a piece of gabagool. Maybe he should right? have. Wow. Suck on my dick. Dominic Danucci. Let's not forget about that. Yeah, Previous show not. we had a guest on. Um, <laughs> Benny, I want you to share <clears throat> your story of your idol and meeting your idol, Bruno Sammartino. And when you're done, I want you guys to send us out because we're almost out of time. But what the Dan and Benny show have meant for each of you. So go ahead, Benny. Okay. So I became friends with a gentleman named Mike Miggett on Facebook. And Mike lives in Johnstown City, Pennsylvania, runs a, a printing company, and became friends with Bruno. I guess Bruno needed some posters made. And Mike was a huge wrestling fan as a kid. He's probably about your age, you know, mid-50s. And um, so, I mean, Bruno calls asking for these posters. Mike's, you know, Mike makes them for Bruno at no charge. And they become very good friends. And um, so I, on Bruno's birthday, it would have been October 6th and 2017, I wrote a tribute on Facebook to Bruno. And... um, so Mike read it and he said, you know, he called me, he said, do you, I'm going out to dinner with Bruno tomorrow night. Would you mind if I read it to Bruno? I said, would I mind? Are you kidding me? Like, absolutely read it to him. And he said, well, he might call you. I said, yeah, whatever. Sure. And, uh, the next day I was working at a car dealership. I was living in Minnesota. I worked for a dealership in Brooklyn park, Minnesota, six o'clock, which is normally I'm swamped. My, my office is empty. The phone rings and it's Mike. He said, Somebody wants to talk to you. And um, I mean, and I'm thinking, sure, right? It's going to be somebody who can imitate Bruno. And, but nobody, Bruno had a very distinct speaking style. And he, 
what he said to me is, Benny, where did you learn to write those beautiful words? I said, Bruno, when, when it comes from the heart, it's actually very, very easy. And we chatted for about uh, maybe 10 minutes. And then I, you know, Mike got up back on the phone. And about a week later, uh, Mike said, Bruno really liked you. Um, they're doing a, a Christmas dinner at Rico's, which is Bruno's favorite restaurant in Pittsburgh. Bruno would like to know if you'd like to you know, join us. Wow. I, I'm telling you, within a half Damn. an hour, I had bought my plane ticket, oh, yeah. reserved a hotel room, and gotten, got my PTO from work. And it was December the 16th, 2017. And it was, I mean, besides my kids being born, it was probably the greatest night of my entire life. I sat next to Dominic DiNucci. I was about maybe seven feet from Bruno. And uh, Donnie Iris, the, uh, the rock star, uh, was it, do you remember him? Love is like a Love rock. Is like a rock. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And Aliyah. Yeah, he was at the end of the table. And uh, Very cool. Yeah. And now as far as what Dan and Benny means to me, um, I, one, of my, my, one of my sons still lives in Minnesota, Dan, and somebody he worked with actually said, hey, is your dad Benny Scala? And, and, and he said, well, yeah, how did you know that? He goes, I watch, I watch him on, your, on his podcast. And I'm like, holy cow. Like, and I could tell how proud my son was when he told me that story. And I'm thinking, like, if, if that's the only person who ever watched me, that alone made it worth it. Very cool. Very cool. Dan? Yeah, I, you know, I work uh, outside of the podcast. I work uh, for a defense contractor. And I had somebody come by my old office about a year and a half ago and want to put his name in. We were doing a drawing for a uh, uh, giving away <clears throat> a Jimmy Valiant autograph. And this guy was like, he, he found where I worked and he's like, oh yeah, you know, I heard you worked here and he was a fan of the show and he wanted to put his name in for the, the Jimmy Valiant drawing. And it's, it's just funny that like Benny said, you know, you, you, I, I actually, regardless of where the show goes from here, I ran into somebody who recognized me and, was a fan and that's just such a neat feeling, but I'm at the age where, you know, I, I'm in transition. Like I tell people, you know, uh, uh my parents are both in their seventies. I've got aunts and uncles in their seventies. I've got no grandparents left. Like life is taking things away more than it's giving them to you now. And this show lets us cement some history that was really important to Benny and I, when we were younger. And, and I, I, treasure the chance to be able to do that. And this show gives us that the way that I didn't think I would have had at this point in my life. Wow. Well, first of all, that's another thing I wanted Great to say. Great answers, by the way. Dan, Great thank answers. you for your service. I didn't get that opportunity when we first started the show. So thank you. Um, quite the difference from the Monty and the Farrell show. We get lawyers going on saying, fuck you, Monty and the Pharaoh. Not to mention death threats. <laughs> die, die, Pharaoh. These guys are getting invited to go eat with Bruno. What you it's guys are... Fair. All Wait kidding aside, what you guys are doing um, is true art. And if you love the sport of wrestling, this is the show to watch. Yeah. Or, or listen to. Thank you. Um, hey I'm guys, a huge fan. real fast, thank you both for not giving a shit about the crap you're going to hear, for having the balls to come on and talk to us. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yes, sir. You tell, you tell those people, too bad. Yeah. Well, we're heels now. We don't care, right? Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's right. They're Ooh, heels. Mr. Yeah. Fuji Salt Packet, right in the eyes. 
excellent. <laughs> Want to thank you guys for joining us again. It was our honor to have you on the show. Um, we certainly consider you guys friends, and Likewise. keep up the good work. I hope to see your two hundredth episode, where you'll have Chubby Tortello, Ooh. my lawyer, on, <laughs> and uh, maybe <laughs> one hour with Chubby will be enough to make you quit. But hang in there. You made fun of. Hopefully, Brian by Purdy. then he's done with his uh, Jane Fonda like workouts. <laughs> What's right? up, Eddie? We'll see you guys around. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yes, sir. Take care. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, (laughs) Farrell. What do you think, brother? I think I like them. That's what I think. You don't like a lot of people. I don't. I can't stand people. I like them. They're cool. I got to tell you. And they got balls because they're going to get some shit for coming on the show. I I actually feel a little intimidated between those two and then you. Why? Why? Because you guys know wrestling. I know nothing. Would you stop doing that? You put the Asiatic spike on that kid in eighth grade. All I do is make stupid comments. Well, you serve a purpose. What's there the problem? Go, what the? Stop it! But I got—I got to tell you, uh, yeah. having uh, a good dude. I will tell you, like when he was talking about AEW. Yeah. I bit my lip. Well, um, you can see. Well, he also said he didn't want to see 151 yeah, super but kicks. With all due I mean, respect, again, people like what they like. Yeah. But to me, uh, he didn't strike me ep- as a huge fan of them. No, okay. but when he was saying how enthralled he was about the MJF. Uh, that's storyline. That's with CM Punk I can see or whatever. somebody being into that. They're just not you. I guess. I wasn't. That maybe heavily. I just. Maybe I just hate on AEW well, too much. Maybe no, that's the no, 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 no. And by the way, there's just like we were saying. Like you, you can have a great. Like he said about the bloodline. Yes, the bloodline's great. But what about the rest of the show? Same there. Yes, MJF and, Jer- and uh, Jericho is is cool. Or Jer- MJF and Punk is cool. But what about the rest of the show? You know what I mean. It goes both ways a lot of the times. A show can have an awesome main event type story, but everything underneath it could be the drizzling shits. It all depends. Well, you know how many, you know how much filler shit was there in the Attitude Era? Oh, it's terrible. You ever stop and look at some of those shows? Here's one thing. Here's another thing. Here's another thing that I don't necessarily agree on. What's that? It's like instantaneous. Vince is back. The show sucks. Yeah, yeah, that's I've a little, said, well, that's a a little much. I said to you numerous times, you're like, so what do you think of Raw? It's, it's right. getting good with Triple H. What did I say to you? Like, it's the it, same thing. It seems like the same thing. It seems thing. like the same I thing. I noticed the change, but I wouldn't expect you as much to, to... Dude, you didn't sit and watch NXT for years like I did. Right, right. I know how Triple H writes. I wouldn't expect you to go instantly, oh, that's the stamp of Triple H. Right. You know what? I, I get worried if you said that. I'd be like, what, are you, would you turn into a nerd? Yeah, what no, you're right. know that? You know what I mean? But, uh... I think that's a little extreme as far as, you know, Vince took over, now it stinks again. I don't think it stinks. I just don't think it's... This is after WrestleMania. It, it doesn't always take off after WrestleMania. It, it has also, also, you got to think about this. Years, we were going hard so and heavy for about four months leading up to WrestleMania. Yeah, people was were, a hell of a People run. were going crazy. Yeah, it was a good And it, you kind of just got a little there burnt out on it. There has to be a come down from that. There has to be. But I, I, again, everybody, I do recommend every Wednesday uh, they're on audio. I always tell them to try to go on YouTube or yeah. uh, Rumble or something. Yeah, but um, did you see on... that guy's man cave? Oh, that shit's that better. Guy, uh, Dan should have that. Put thing mine to shame. Check out my man cave. I would have that on YouTube all the time. Oh well. Did you like his uh, his little uh, lamb yeah. chops there? Yeah, I liked him. I wanted him to go like lamb chops. Bubbly want the peanut. What happened to Benny? Didn't Benny have long hair, though? What, what's Benny cut his hair. Uh, why? Uh, all seriousness, That's rough. every Wednesday, watch a show. I'm a... Look. I like it. I will tell I you. I should say something. It's funny. I get up early for work, right? As you know. Yeah. And yeah. I always go to my phone, right? While yeah. I'm 
Yeah. Taking a dump or whatever else, right? You're not the guy who left that shit in the bathroom <laughs> over there, are you? Because no, you no. died in the Jurassic Age, if that's the case. <laughs> but, um... Go ahead. But I always go, oh, I wonder who they have on. And yeah. I, I go, I look, and then I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, what's this? What is this? But then you get some... And then I, then I get into the office, I put right. it on, and I'm like, holy right. Christ, they what a some, great they interview. They got some re recognizable names, obviously, too, but you're right. They'll pull out the sneaky one. Yeah. It's like, whoa, what's this? And I get a little jealous sometimes. I'm like, damn. Where'd they find that guy? Where'd they find that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't you ask him? Where'd you find him? No, nah, I don't. And do then that. we could roast him. No, I got rules. And then he'll be like, "Why did you refer me to Monty? We have, standard, we have standard rules jerks? on this show. We do. Yes. Oh, that's right. We never follow. We lead. That's correct. That's true. Wow, well, arrogant, aren't we? Yes. And humble too. What do you think of that, Jared? Right? Well, we don't follow. We lead. Right? Definitely. Right. So let me ask you something. That's so they have a great guest answer, on, Jared. an incredible guest, the most incredible guest of all time. Are we wrong for not taking that guest after them? Uh, Listen, if depends, <laughs> depends who the guest is. Right. So I will I tell think there could be some overlap. I'm going to tell you a quick story, right? I had a guest that was on a couple of the shows right. reach out to us and said, I'd yes. love to be on your show. Nope. And I said, nope. no. You watered it down. I said, no. You watered, you watered it, it down. It down. One no, thing wrong, I'm sure. You punk. You punk. Punk. That is insane. You <laughs> punk. We're not apologizing, Ron. You can forget it. Anyway. Or are we? No. Good! Won't you go soft Again, on me? Big fan of those guys. Yeah. And you know what you did say? They are gonna get a lot of heat. They are. On this and I show. give them a lot of credit too. And I hope that they do those you know people what? grow it the fuck it up. Legitimately, it's their opinion. It legitimately was a ballsy move. I think it was. I give them a lot of props for how that. About, how about Dan with a quick reaction on the old uh wrestler question yeah he actually returned pretty well like yeah. he recovered yeah after he laughed yeah till he peed in his pants oh, absolutely but he's got to make sure that uh, you know evan still wants to you know talk wrestling with him maybe not otherwise i'll never speak to you again just think I what year know. was that we'll call it 19 the, rest, the, the wrestler was what 2009 right i can't remember it was in the early 2000s <laughs> No, I 2009, I was going in for I my surgery, I remember. I okay. can't remember. So, just think about it. It's surreal, if, I can't remember. <laughs> if, if, if you were in Wrestling Universe yeah. in 2008 yeah. with Greg the Hammer Valentine, oh, because God. you were doing a signing. More toilet paper. <laughs> Hurry up. You would have yeah. been associate producer for The Wrestler. No, I wouldn't That's have. how simple it was. I, I wouldn't have, though. Why? Because I would have been in The Wrestler. Like, well, he was, not, in the, not, he was in the wrestler. Not going, hi, my name is Pharaoh. This is surreal. Why are you not shaking my head, Randy the Ram? No way. Hi, I'm a big fan of yours. No way. I would have been at least a timekeeper, something Hi, valid. I watched you in Madison Square. <laughs> That's me ringing that bell. That's me. I was there. What happened? I was in Wallbounds, and the guy walked in, and we started talking about Bruno, and the next thing you know, I had my own Facebook page. My opinion was dominating the charts. Donate now! Billy Graham's liver hurts! <laughs> fuck off. Seriously, just, just fuck off already. Stop it already. Get off your fucking preaching oh high horse. My fuck god. yourself. Oh my god. Ay, ay, ay. Hey, well, I was a hamburger cook. <laughs> I was a hamburger cook. Hey, what are you doing under the table? Playing footsie with me? What are you doing? You stop Hold on. that. Hold on. Stop it. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Pharaoh. I say hello to you. Oh, God damn. Stand up. <laughs> okay. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Hi, Benny. Oh. 
Oh, donate! Boy. I'll tell you, thank God, thank God, thank God he was the associate producer of that movie. God only knows what would happen. God only knows. God Send us on away. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Don't forget, next Thursday and then Friday, we're in a marathon. We've got the great Marty Gennetti where you can ask Marty anything. Great opportunity for you guys. We've then, got Val Venus. With Hello. Marty in the middle here, asking Val Venus questions, too. Eugene. And Eugene. And who else we got? And then I we got Manny Fernandez, Oh, my dude. God. And then we've got Tommy Rich. Get the bowl packed. I mean, don't come looking for us when we're Smoke, in the parking well, lot. <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be plenty of liquor. Yeah. Plenty of food. Yeah. Jared, are you ready? Wait Matthew, I am red, dude. I, I'm, I, ready. I'm laughing my ass off. I just can't. But I got to tell you, <laughs> Dan and Benny, thank you again. Pharaoh sent us on the way. Dan and Benny. You've been watching Monty and the Pharaoh. And until fucked up, what day is that of the week? Is it? Is it a Friday? It's a Friday. <laughs> until fucked up Friday. Later. Well, we're back on Thursday. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll see you on Thursday. And then we'll get fucked up on Friday. We love you. Good night. Later. <laughs>